This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you once again in the studio with Tammy White, our Director of Children's Ministry, brand new at Village Church. And Tammy, thank you for being here. So good to have you. Thank you for having me. All right. You um, are just going into the deep end here, and we're going to ask you some of the most difficult questions. And so one of the more challenging ones that uh, I waited to have till somebody else was here to answer (laughs) is this. How do I love my enemy when they have abused me? What the question does not give us is the kind of abuse. And uh, so maybe you could just speak to this person and maybe imagine different kinds of abuse that they've gone through and and how you would encourage them to love them well. That's a really good question. Uh, In my own personal experience, I'll speak into this a little bit. Loving your enemy and what does that look like? And that is where the question really is, what does that love look like? I used to believe that loving your enemy meant showing love through acts of kindness, even though inside, internally, my heart and my stomach were just sick. But it wasn't until recently where I had prayed through years of trying to wrap my head around how do you love your enemy, that I realized that loving my enemy didn't necessarily look like doing acts of kindness, but more of sometimes uh, setting a barrier so that I was not enabling or empowering abuse. And doing that and setting that boundary is very, very challenging, especially if you have a personality that loves to love Mm. and you've been deeply wounded and deeply hurt. But setting that boundary is the best way to show love to that person. So it's really like a tough love, so Mm. to speak. The fact that the person is even asking the question tells me they they have been working through stuff for a while mm-hmm. because, I mean, typically if you're in any abuse context, mm-hmm. the first things that you need to do are remove yourself and different things like that. You probably need counseling. You probably need to be separated mm-hmm. from their presence. To even be at the point where you're asking this kind of question means you've already pro- probably worked through a whole lot, is, mm-hmm. is I'm guessing. There's also this... Uh, loosey goosiness with the word abuse mm-hmm. that makes it really, really hard to nail down what is and what is not. You know, my wife got mad and yelled at me. She's verbally abusing me. You know what I mean? Right. There, like, right. there are, there, it's just very hard to nail down what it is and what it is not sometimes because it's so misused. But when it really is abuse, mm-hmm. you know it. Right. Like, you know it, know it, right? Yes. And so I don't, I don't know that this is the right place to diagnose where the line is or is not because I'll, some of it is subjective to a degree. But right. you know when you have it. So I'm actually I'm, – whatever this person's gone through, I, I sense they are – yeah, they've gone through a lot and they've worked through a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So 
talk to somebody who is, let's say they're in the middle of it and their pastor, sometimes pastors say the dumbest things, say, well, you just have to love your enemies even if they're hurting you. Mm. I mean, how would you counsel that person, that child or that young adult who's in the middle of it and they're hearing wisdom and maybe they're applying it wrong? You know, how do you, where would you even counsel that person? Well, again, it's what does this love look like? How do I, loving doesn't mean enduring. When we endure, oftentimes we empower that person. They're not really getting the help that they need. So pulling away now, not knowing what the context is, not knowing exactly what that boundary is going to look like. But there has to be that separation, and that separation is painful. Mm. Until that happens, the abuse will continue. Even if they tell you they're going to stop. I mean, it's probably still going to continue Yes, this if is you a, don't get out. Right. They need to get to a point where they are face-to-face with the monster, mm. whatever the root issue that's driving them to behave this way. And so as long as you are there and they are able to deflect or point their unresolved issues at you, you are not really helping them face that giant in their life. So that boundary is not necessarily for you, even though it's helpful to you, but it's a way to love them to get them the help that they need. Yep. So if I were to kind of encapsulate, I think Jesus's philosophy, sometimes I think people just take it a little too far, like submitting themselves to it, Mm. uh, or Mm -hmm. this idea uh, that abuse is the same as persecution for your faith Mm -hmm. by government officials. They're not. I mean, these are Mm -hmm. completely separate categories. And at the end of the day, Jesus's two cents is you pray for your enemies. Mm Mm-hmm. You love your enemies, but love does not equal being in their proximity. Right. That's I love what you said. Love does not equal acts of kindness. Right. You don't slander your enemies. You don't retaliate in kind. There, there are simple like ways that you love, but I think a lot of times the the abused feel guilty. Yes. And and sometimes that guilt leads them to say, "Oh no, I have to reengage." And no, mm-hmm. you don't. Actually, again, sometimes the most loving thing you can do is not give them or enable them with an opportunity to continue to do what they do. Which is the hardest thing to do. Not in every case, but a lot of times individuals who are more vulnerable to abuse are very loving and caring people. And so there's a lot of emotions that come with that and enabling someone to continue sometimes can go hand in hand with that. But this is a deep conversation. <laughs> so oh, yeah. that's a deep answer. There's not a, a black and white answer for this, except that to evaluate, again, what does love look like for that person? How mm-hmm. does that manifest itself? And then pray for those who despitefully use you. Awesome. Anytime we get the word abuse, like one of the first things I would say is you need to get help, get counseling, talk to a professional, talk to a pastor who does not give you bad advice. Right. And um, that's something that needs to get put out there. 
yeah. so that you can make sure you're thinking as clear-headedly as possible. I think people who are abusive victims often mm. are the least clear-headed. Yes. And you need advocates fighting for you. So that would be just a big so what. Anytime we get abuse questions, that's going to be um, a direction that we push you toward. Now, we're going to come back and we are going to ask another question, but Tammy will not be with us. So I'll tell you the question that is coming up next. Why do many people think the song Reckless Love isn't biblical. And if you've been listening for some time, we razzed the song quite a bit. So now we're going to go uh, pretty direct and deep into this question. Next time, we will see you soon. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm.